everyone and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Sales with Saeed. I hope everyone's staying safe. I got some news to share with you guys. Earlier in the week, I started my own Twitter account. Hell truly has frozen over. Being a no social media person, somebody just told me in order to be able to share this podcast with folks easier, I need to have my own Twitter account or at least some sort of social media existence. So there I am. I started my own Twitter account. So if you like the podcast, go ahead and share it, retweet it or like it. And that's all the fishing I'm going to do for likes today. So let's get back to the topic at hand. Today, I'm going to be talking about sales metrics, specifically sales metrics that sales teams should be tracking. And I'm not going to be talking about some basic metrics like the calls you make, the emails you send out, follow ups, knocks on the door that you do, <laughs> Easter gift baskets that you send out. This is all a given and a must. Okay, maybe not the Easter gift baskets. That's an overkill. But you should be tracking all of these numbers or metrics in the first place. And I'm not going to be talking about some high level metrics like ARR, your churn rate. This is stuff that you see it on tools like Chartmogul or Bayer Metrics. And your team should be recording this in the first place. I'm going to be specifically talking about metrics that affect the sales team. And what is it that you should be tracking on a daily basis? And of course, focus on. And the reason you track metrics and not just any metrics, the right metrics is because it gives you a lot of actionable insights on how your sales team is performing. It takes a long time to be able to collect and record data in terms of the sales KPIs, the metrics, but what it does is that it gives you the ability to have a perfect snapshot of how your sales team is performing. You need to have all of these records to be able to see how your sales team is performing right now versus how they performed in the past. So once you have all of that historical data, it makes it that much easier for you to be able to forecast the growth, define the right OKRs, understand what actions you need to take in order to be able to improve the KPIs or the metrics that you currently have at hand. So coming back to the point, it's not just about any metrics, it's about the right metrics, actionable metrics, things that you can measure and are relevant to your sales team and that can actually help you improve the results if you just follow the trends of the metrics and the KPIs. So the most important metric that any sales team should be tracking is qualified leads. Regardless of what type of business you're in, if you have leads coming in, prospects coming in, you have to record your qualified leads. And for folks that don't know what a qualified lead is, qualified leads are prospects that you know you have a mutual fit with. You know their pain points, you know what they're looking for, you know that your product is the right product for them, and it of course can solve all of their needs and pain points. Qualified leads are so important because it gives an idea not only to your sales team, but also to your marketing team what the health of the funnel was like, how many leads that they generated actually ended up being qualified which channels were performing the best, where exactly most qualified leads came from, and where should they be investing all of their time and effort. Qualified leads also happens to be a great indicator of how many good leads are coming your way. Oftentimes, there's a lot of MQLs, so marketing qualified leads coming your way. They look good, they seem to fit the ICP, but they don't actually end up converting into a qualified lead, which is a great indicator of what kind of traffic you're attracting. And last but not least, I know different folks or different salespeople have different ideas about how to go about qualifying leads. But I think one of the common ones or the most popular way of qualifying a lead happens to be BANT. Don't do that. Just don't qualify leads that way. BANT is just not a great way. It's not a personable way to go about qualifying leads. Sure, you can use some elements like trying to understand um, what exactly is the need of your prospects. Okay, so let's take a step back. For folks that don't know, BANT means budget, authority, need, and a timeline. So what you're trying to determine is if indeed the prospect has the budget to be able to make the purchase for your product, if they have the authority to make the decision, if they have a need or a pain point that you can solve, and of course the time it's going to take for them to make the purchase. So if everything checks out, the lead happens to be qualified. I've seen so many salespeople use this technique, the BANT technique, to qualify sales leads, and it's almost cringeworthy. 
they take the prospect through the same journey again and again and again and over and over and over again. It's just not right. It's not personable. It doesn't sound right. It sure as hell isn't right. It doesn't give you an idea or much of an idea what the prospect is looking for. It's an obsolete method of qualifying leads that needs to disappear from the world of sales. Prospects nowadays have a lot more information in hand. They can pretty much go to your website, your competitor's website, check out the product, check out the pricing. They don't really need to go through the same type of qualification process as they did 10 or 15 years ago. Now it's all about understanding your prospects' needs, their wants, what exactly are they looking for, and if indeed there is a good fit. You have to be more empathetic. You have to be more about the prospect and less about the money they have in their pocket. And once you've determined that your product indeed can solve the pain points of your prospect, focus on that. Demonstrate that and I promise you it's going to be that much easier for you to get that client on board. So with that in mind, the next metric that is equally as important as qualified lead is the qualified to customer ratio, meaning how many qualified leads that you actually end up converting into customers. And why is that important? Because it gives you an overview along with a snapshot of the health of your sales process. So let's say you have a 10% conversion rate from qualified leads to customer. That means 90 out of the 100 qualified leads are bringing you no business whatsoever. It is absolutely imperative that you track this metric because there is always a reason behind a qualified prospect not becoming a customer. That means somewhere along the line, either the salesperson didn't qualify the prospect well, or they weren't able to understand their needs well, or the product was not able to solve their needs well, or there's a leaky bucket somewhere along the lines of your sales process. All of that is super important for you to be able to understand so you can compile all of these reasons and improve your sales process. Most often than not, it's the qualification process to be blamed. You're either not qualifying them properly or you're not understanding their needs well or you're not catering to those needs well. There is no way you should have a 10% conversion rate from qualified to customer. 10% is super low. I think the industry standard is somewhere along the lines of 50%, which means for every two qualified leads, you should be able to convert one of those qualified leads into a paying customer. And this perhaps is the most important metric that you can track in order to be able to determine where exactly are the problems in your sales process. Which brings us to the third metric at hand, and that is the sales cycle. Now, the sales cycle is the time it takes a lead to convert to a paying customer. So as soon as a lead comes in, how much time does it take for them to actually go ahead and become a paying customer? This shows how long your sales team is taking to close deals and get the customer through the whole sales process. Now, if you're doing enterprise sales, then your sales cycle probably is super long. But regardless, you should be tracking your sales process to see how long it's taking for you to close all of those deals. There is no excuse for leads getting stuck mid-funnel. And if that indeed is happening, then there is a serious issue somewhere along the lines of your sales process. That means that you're either letting leads through that are not a good fit to begin with, or your sales team is not on top of their leads. And I've seen this happen again. A lot of time when salespeople are qualifying leads, they're not focusing a lot on the details. They just want to know if there's a good fit. If there's not a good fit, let's get them on a demo quickly, super fast. Let's get them started. But that's not how you go about doing things. You need to be able to get information as much as you can on that first particular sales call, that qualification call essentially. So try to find out if they're looking to use your product for a particular project. When that project will start, try to get as much information as you possibly can about the roadblocks that could come in the way. Things that would stop them from getting started on the time that they're actually looking to get started on. With all that information at hand, it gives you a chance to be more proactive rather than reactive. So those leads don't actually get stuck in the middle of the funnel. So you can actually go ahead and resolve those problems before they actually become a big enough problem that the lead is just dead in the water. So sales cycles are a backbone of every successful sales team. They're a pivotal part of every salesperson's day, so it's important for you to be familiar with the cycle your team abides by and use it as your compass to navigate through the storm that selling can be. And one quick tip that I can give here in order to be able to stay on top of your prospect always is whenever you're reaching out to them, always go ahead and create a task in your CRM. 
And that's exactly what I do. So I reach out to the person, I give them a call or I reached out via email. I go ahead and create a task. So two or three days later, the task sums up and I go ahead and reach out to them again. That way I never really lose track of those prospects and I'm always on top of them. It's a great way to make sure that your sales cycle is not too long and you're always on top of your prospects. And if you're a subscription-based business, the next metric that is super important for your sales team to be tracking or a company as a whole is your monthly recurring revenue. Now, monthly recurring revenue is simply put, total monthly revenue coming in from all recurring subscriptions. It combines both annual and monthly subscriptions as a single measurement. It's extremely important your sales team track this metric because it gives them an idea about growth and momentum. And also by tracking this metric, your sales team can improve MRR by making deals with more qualified leads and emphasizing the quality of leads rather over quantity. And I love to track monthly recurring revenue because it gives you an idea if a salesperson is able to justify their own existence. Like one of the companies that I worked in in the past, we used to have one of the targets were monthly recurring revenue or new MRR to be specific. So every single month you're generating new MRR and the goal was somewhere along the lines of I think $2,000 in new MRR generated by each and every single salesperson. So it's a great indicator for you to take a look at how well a sales team is performing, how much money you're bringing in, and most importantly, if salespeople are able to justify their own existence. Because if you combine this metric with LTV, so the lifetime value of a customer, and say for example, lifetime value of a customer is 24 months, that's typically the time they spend, or stay with you before they churn on average, it gives you an idea how much that person, that particular lead or prospect that just became a customer will bring in over the course of his lifetime with you. And if you start to work those numbers and kind of reverse engineer it, you get a better idea of how well your sales team is performing, what kind of leads they're bringing in, and of course, most importantly, what kind of growth you're gonna be expecting in the coming months or years. So MRR is extremely important for your SaaS business, but highly valuable for your sales team. It gives them a better idea of how business is growing and what kind of effect their work has on the business metrics. So the next metric is about customer lifetime value. And I touched it briefly when I was talking about MRR, but a customer lifetime value is extremely important for the sales team to understand not just how much their prospect is paying, but also how much that prospect is bringing to the company over time in terms of monetary value. This ensures that the salespeople know the true impact of their win. So a lot of time what happens is that you close a deal, you have a new customer, they start using your product and three to four months down the line, they just churn. Now it mostly happens because you probably oversold something or you told the customer that a product did something and it didn't. So for customers, it's under delivering. So they decide to just go ahead and ditch it and go in a different direction by probably just going ahead with a competitor of yours. Needless to say, that's not good. It's not good for your sales team. It's not good for your success metrics. It's not good for your churn rate. It's just not a good picture overall. So it's always a good idea to take a look at the deals that you're closing and what's the aggregate average lifetime value those customers that you just closed or closed in the past are delivering. Because the deals that you close now are closed in the past and if those customers are churning super quick, means something is wrong in your sales process. You're probably selling to prospects that are becoming customers that shouldn't have become a customer in the first place. So it's very important you track this metric to get a better idea of what exactly is the lifetime value of all of the clients that you're bringing in to see if there are any gaping holes in your sales process because if they are, they need to be fixed ASAP. Let's move on to the next metric, which happens to be a nightmare for every single salesperson on a sales standup, and that is open opportunities. This means the number of opportunities or deals your team is working on at any given time. Your sales pipeline is your number one indicator as to how your team or you will perform in any given month or quarter. Very seldom did it happen to me, or it does happen that prospects just come in and they buy right away. They don't do that. They usually come in, 
you have a chat with them to try to demo your product, they trial it, you send them a proposal, it usually goes somewhere along the lines of this. They don't just come in and say, hey, we're ready to buy. Very rarely happens. So the sales cycle takes time and if your team is not working on several opportunities at one time, chances are they're not gonna meet that quota for the month. On the flip side, if I had a nickel for every time a salesperson told me they're about to close that big deal that's gonna make them meet their quota for a month or two, well, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. It's also not a good idea to put all your eggs in one basket with one particular deal hoping that it's gonna close because chances are that it's just gonna take time to close that one particular big deal. It's very important for you to have a running pipeline with a lot of different opportunities so you can go about closing all of them or one by one and you're not actually just going ahead and relying on that one particular deal to make your month or quarter. In retrospect, reps working too many opportunities can also become ineffective since they might not be able to give each and every single deem the right amount of time and focus that it needs. Juggling too many opportunities at once means some will fall through the cracks because you might not be able to follow up with them, you might forget, you might not put up the task or the reminders, you might not be able to give them the attention, and you're going to risk losing some of them. I always recommend to have a tighter pipeline with a higher conversion rate, which is vastly superior to a pipeline that happens to be very big, but it's unfocused, meaning you're not on top of your prospects. So keep that in mind next time you're actually going in and creating your deals. Time and time again, I've seen screenshots of salespeople in their CRMs where their deal funnel is just full with all these different leads in different part of the funnel. Yeah, it looks freaking awesome, but at the end of the day, how many of them are you actually closing? If you have 100 deals in your pipeline, chances are you're not going to be able to give them all the attention while you're qualifying leads, while you're doing demos, sending out proposals, handling other parts of the day-to-day um, activities of any salesperson, right? So you might not be able to give them all that attention. So keep a pipeline that is very effective. You have a very high rate of winning because at the end of the day, that's exactly what's going to matter. It's not the number of deals you have in your pipeline. It's what you're closing and how effectively you're closing it, essentially also increasing your sales velocity. So when tracking all of these metrics, there is one metric that always gets neglected and that is your lead response time. Time and time again, I've heard from the prospects that they requested a demo uh, from one of our competitors and nobody reached out to them. I mean, this should almost be a crime, blasphemous to be really honest. I mean, I have so many recordings where somebody requested a demo and within 20 seconds, I called them. I do that all the time, no matter what time of the day it is. Of course, there are times that it could be really uncomfortable you're eating a dinner or you're spending time with your family, that's fine. But if a lead comes in and it's in front of your computer and you see it and you don't call them right away or don't reach out to them right away, I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. You need to be able to reach out to those prospects right away because as soon as they're on your website requesting something, that's probably the best time to get in there and try to qualify them. Understand what they're looking for. Understand why is it that they're, what, what exactly is it that brought them to your website, uh, to your product. And there might be a better chance for you of closing before they go ahead and look at our competitor, uh, perhaps trial their product first or demo their product first or salesperson reached out to them and they scheduled a demo already with them and now they show them the functionality and they're super excited about it and your product kind of like just doesn't fit the bill anymore because already the other person has given them all that they need, right? So essentially it's very important. It's a very underrated uh, metric, but it's super important for you to be able to reach out to those leads as soon as they come in. It's super crucial. The longer it's going to take for your team to respond to interested leads, the greater the chance of that opportunity slipping away. If you take 24 hours to contact an interested prospect, chances are they might have already contacted one of your competitors, changed their mind, have gotten busy. 
So it's very imperative that as soon as a lead comes in, you just go ahead and contact them. Call them. If they don't answer, email right away. Try to schedule that call. Try to make sure that you actually get in front of them ASAP. So these are all crucial sales metrics that I think every salesperson and sales team should be recording. You should be tracking these metrics to better understand your sales process. It's a great way to understand how your team is performing and what might the results look like in the future. And at all costs, avoid spending time on vanity metrics. These are all those sales metrics that don't actually add value to your sales process and don't give any actionable insights. But more on that on a different episode. Last thing I would like to say before I wrap this up is when you're tracking all of these metrics, you don't actually need a very fancy tool. Put them all on an Excel sheet and religiously update them and track them. It gives you a better idea of how you're performing you pretty much will know the numbers by heart, which I really like to do. And I also happen to just pretty much record all these numbers on an Excel sheet. There is no shame in doing that as long as you have the numbers at hand and whenever you need them and you're updating them quite often, there is no need to spend extra bucks finding that fancy tool that will give you all these metrics that you could easily record by yourself by giving a couple of minutes of your day. So there you have it, folks. These are all metrics that you should be tracking to better understand your sales process and the health of your sales funnel. As always, if you have any question or feedback, feel free to reach out to me. Until then, stay safe and see you next time.